welcome to Becoming Your Best Version. Today, I am blessed to have the wonderful Heather Leah, now Katz, who is joining me, joining us from the other coast. She is in Oregon, unfortunately near fires, but uh, she used to live in Washington, D.C., where our paths crossed at this wonderful pop-up yoga that she started as part of a group called the movement really called with love DC that she also started and she hosted pop-up yoga in the national botanic garden in the shadow of the United States Capitol. Sometimes we were inside, sometimes we were outside, but it was a pretty magical place to do yoga. And my daughter found out about it and uh, said, I should go check it out. And I did. And I found this beautiful creature, human person, Heather, who uh, really did change my life. I was recently separated and I was going through a lot of changes. And this is the most supremely grounded person I think I know. She's a poet, she's a teacher, a meditation and yoga instructor, a children's book author, and a community organizer, now living in Ashland, Oregon. She's passionate about bringing people together and creating a sense of community and support. She is the founder of the movement With Love DC and the annual Woman of the Wild, Women of the Wild gatherings, which I've been to four times. They're amazing. Her favorite activity is to spend time with friends and explore hiking trails in the DC area with her fabulous dog, Snoop. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Maria. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, we were disappointed when you moved to Oregon, but understood. Uh, how long have you been married now? I've been married seven months. Uh, we got married in January, so a little oh. over half a year. And the pictures were so beautiful, a forest union. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful forest wedding. It was, it was so special. Yay. And I love the story about how you've known him for very a very long time and yeah. um that you kept in touch but you both went your different ways I think he was living in Israel for a while and you uh, maintained contact uh, at least to a certain extent and then something clicked why don't you tell our users our users our listeners how did this happen that these two really wonderful beings you became a union yeah. Um, so we actually um, went to college together in Boston. So we knew each other since my first semester, which was 2007, fall of 2007. So we met, we were just, you know, acquaintances. I saw him around and um, my last year and a half of school, we ended up dating and that was really wonderful. And then when I graduated, I had the intention of traveling and seeing the world and I didn't know if or when I'd be moving back to the U.S., so we decided to break up. Uh, we stayed very, very close for a long time. Uh, would visit each other every, whenever we could, um, talking on the phone a lot. Uh, he ended up moving to Kenya right around the time when I moved back to the U.S., so he lived in Kenya for six years and then moved to the Netherlands for almost two years. All the meanwhile, I was, you know, in the U.S. and living in D.C., uh, we, yeah, just moving in and out of each other's lives, staying very connected, contemplating um, getting back together at different moments 
uh, and it just never really seemed to make sense for different reasons. And then during COVID, we reconnected. He came back to the U.S. for some work opportunities and came through D.C. Uh, and it just was pretty instantaneous where I said, this is certainly the person I would love to be with. We've always known that we have a really special connection. And uh, yeah, so that's how we reconnected. And, and it's been a beautiful year. Oh, I'm so happy for you. So happy. And another interesting thing about Heather, in my opinion, is she's part of the tiny house movement. And she built her own tiny house, which I believe now is available as an Airbnb in Washington, DC. Yep. Uh, how would people find it? Is it called Desiderata or? Yeah, Desiderata Tiny Home. Um, so you can go on the Instagram page and then there's links to book it on Airbnb. Um, you can also, the property manager is called Home Sweet City. So I believe it should be rentable through their website as well. So yeah, it's uh, available to rent and I think it's a great place to stay. <laughs> I'm oh my looking gosh. forward to coming back to visiting and staying there as well. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have dinner there one night and it really is special. It's a great location. It's beautifully laid out and it's just really pretty. Your aesthetic is really beautiful. Thank so you. I encourage our listeners, if you're visiting DC, check out this tiny house. It's very cool. So the other interesting things about Heather is she is a poet and an author. And I am familiar with her work because I have um, promoted it when I could and um, have been lucky enough to hear some of her poetry. I included actually some of her verse in my book, 50 After 50, because it's so beautiful and meaningful. So how did that start? How did you find your voice as a poet and as a, an author, a children's book author? Yeah, so I think for me, I can credit most of my creative endeavors back to Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Mm. Um, that book for me has been so profound and really meaningful. I found it for the first time in 2012 when I was traveling and living abroad. Uh, and I read it through for the first time. It's a 12-week course all about recovering your creative self, your inner artist, your inner child. Um, all these words apply, whatever, you know, resonates with people. And it was really an invitation and an encouragement to just express myself creatively in many different ways. It wasn't just like, oh, and now you're going to be a painter or now you're going to be a poet. It was just about how can I express myself and explore many different avenues uh, to do that. Uh, so I think I'd always enjoyed writing. I'd always enjoyed poetry, but it was really through that book and rereading it multiple times and leading workshops and groups through the book multiple times that I really started to enjoy writing poetry. Um, it was even through some of those exercises that I wrote one of my first poems that I really, really loved and that I share a lot. And um, also around that time, I was introduced to uh, open mics at Busboys and Poets, which is a really beautiful space in the DC area for people to experience um, spoken word and poetry. And so I was going a lot to that and I just found that space very inspiring. And then I think because my work with the artist way and this idea of being really courageous and um, doing things that kind of scare us and challenge us and thrill us, I started 
sharing my poetry at open mic. And that was kind of this, um, almost like a domino effect. Like the more I went, the more I was inspired by other people, the more I shared, the more I felt thrilled and excited. And then the more I wrote and, you know, just kind of tumbled from there. Um, as far as the children's book, I've always loved working with children. That's always been, um, you know, my professional career path. I've been um, a preschool teacher, um, special education teacher, behavior analyst, consultant working in families' homes with kids with special needs and behavior challenges. So um, being able to merge my love of yoga and meditation with the skills I have and the love I have for working with children has always been very natural. And yeah, I just, um, again, from the artist way, kind of felt encouraged and empowered to reach out to publishers and say, hey, I wrote a children's book and I have these ideas and here's my manuscript. And um, the, the book that I ended up publishing, Let's Make Yoga Magic, was not the original book that I had um, pitched to publishers. But because of my work with the artists way, when I was uh, reached, when a publisher reached out to me and said, hey, we'd really like to collaborate on a kid's yoga book. And here's the vision we have. Um, I really felt empowered and um, well-practiced at just saying yes to unique and wonderful opportunities. So I just said yes right away without thinking about it. And then uh, let's make yoga magic was the, the product of that collaboration. So it was just a really fun project and it's such a sweet book and I love it very much. And I, I think a lot of other kids and families have enjoyed it too. So I'm glad it's out there. Yes, it absolutely is. So tell us about With Love DC, how did you get this idea, which is just, it's simple and beautiful. On the website, it says, With Love DC is a movement to spread love, joy, and acceptance throughout the district. Join us in our mission to make this world a better place, one smile, hug, or random act of kindness at a time. How did you come up with that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I came up with that pretty quickly after moving from abroad. Mostly I was living in Israel at that time to DC. And I just think I was so inspired by so many random acts of kindness and just these amazing people I would meet while traveling. And especially at that time, I was doing a lot of couch surfing and staying in hostels and working on farms or at retreat centers, you know, and you just, you meet so many characters and you just meet so many angels along the way and just so many kind, wonderful people. And I, I like to think that I can also bring that wherever I go as well. And yeah, I think I personally was looking for connection and community when I moved here. I think like most people are wanting connection and community. And I happen to have these skill sets of organizing and um, being able to plan events and kind of do the logistical stuff that kind of trips a lot of people up. For me, that stuff doesn't feel very hard. I'm, I'm pretty organized in that, in that way. Yes, you are. So, yeah, I just started, you know, it started really small. It started with yoga classes in the park, because I found when I moved here that a lot of the yoga classes felt um, just financially inaccessible, and then maybe emotionally inaccessible. Maybe there were a lot of people who felt like they couldn't walk into a yoga studio because the teachers didn't look like them, or mm. people were wearing specific yoga brands that they couldn't afford, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I just thought yoga because it's brought so much joy and groundedness to my own life. 
I wanted to be able to bring that to others in a way that was warm and welcoming and accessible. So it started with yoga in the park and then it just kind of has grown into any, any way to help people come together in a way that feels deep and authentic and meaningful. Wow. Well, you certainly did. You started something that is so beautiful. And one of my favorite things you've done with, with Love DC is to have silent disco parties. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that was actually a really fun um, event that was not my idea. I can't take credit for it. It was a friend of a friend and he was just like, oh, I used to do this thing in college. Um, you know, this is a while ago. So they would make these mixed CDs and pass them out to everyone and say, here's the time and place. Everyone show up with their own CD player and headphones. And then we all push play and then dance. And I was like, you know, I think I could help organize that. And I had a friend who volunteered to make a playlist and we put it online and just picked a time and a place. And it was really fun. It ended up being way bigger than any of us expected, like a few thousand people, I think, in DuPont Circle. And you know, we've repeated that a handful of times in different places around the city. And yeah, I think those are just these really fun um, gatherings that foster a sense of playfulness and that inner child spirit and connection to others. And um, it just brings a lot of joy and delight to the city. It's so important. I mean, I think so many of us lose the ability to play as adults. And it, it is something that keeps us young and vibrant and happy if we can play, if we can make time for relaxation and, and even silliness, just fun. Like it's, it's important and people downplay the importance of it, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. So much of the artist's way, um, that sort of process of creative recovery is really about finding the fun and finding silliness and finding delight in things and, and not taking create creativity so seriously. Not this idea that, oh, if you're having a creative outing, it has to be at a fancy museum or it has to be, you know, this really kind of, um, yeah, like stuck up version of culture or art. <laughs> and like, it's not to say that those spaces don't hold an immense amount of value, but oftentimes what it is that we're lacking or looking for is that playfulness, that silliness, those um, just moments of sheer delight and joy. Didn't you once organize or maybe more than once adult recess? Mm -hmm. That's another yeah. great one. Yeah, that was something uh, fun. I was also doing around that time. We would do sometimes um, in DuPont Circle, we partnered with this organization called Playworks that does a lot of um, games and social skill building in schools with kids but they you know they also have a lot of play equipment and they would show up and just bring games and toys and you know playground equipment and everyone would just come and play and and yeah just an act of of silliness and and laughter like you're saying it. it's just so invigorating love it love it and then another baby you have birthed is a retreat event called Women of the Wild. How did that start? Mm, that is probably my favorite thing that has come out of with Love DC and really the main thing beyond our, our partnership with the Botanic Garden for Yoga, really the main thing that has persisted through the years, especially um, throughout COVID and everything. So 
Women of the Wild is a three-day women's empowerment gathering open to all women, and that includes uh, deaf women, women of trans experience, and also non-binary folks who feel comfortable and enjoy being in women-designated and women-led spaces. And so that really came about because I had already been planning an event called Peace Love Yoga Fest for a few years, which I enjoyed. It was a day-long yoga festival that was financially and metro accessible in the city, um, which felt very important because there's not a lot of yoga festivals like that. And it was a fun event to plan, but I, I felt like it was just that it was, it was like a fun day, but I kind of wanted something that would be a bit more of a container to go deeper and do a bit more work. And I felt like an event like that had to be multiple days, a set group, maybe away from the city, um, where there's just this kind of safer container to go a little bit deeper into healing work with folks. And I also felt it was really important to be in nature because when we're in nature, we can really connect more with our truest selves and therefore we can connect more with a community. I also still felt it was important for it to be financially accessible and physically accessible. So we do a lot of carpool coordination, making sure that whether you have a car or not, whether you have the financial means or not, you can get there um, and you can enjoy that space. Um, so yeah, it was just this really beautiful seed of an idea where lots of people around me in different ways were helping me water it and coming up with different ideas about making the event not just accessible, but inclusive and and it's grown and evolved year after year. So I, I love it. It's my favorite three days of the year. And um, I'm, we obviously took off last year due to COVID. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to this October, getting back with everyone. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm on the West Coast now. So I'm traveling back to the East Coast for it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing folks and reconnecting with the people who I have met before and also connecting with new people. Yes, I have been to this incredible gathering four times, every time it has taken place. I learned about it at the With Love DC Yoga session at one of the sessions, and I'm a big advocate for it. I wrote about it, a chapter about it in my book, 50 After 50, because it did change my life in a lot of ways. It was the first time I was in close contact with the deaf community. And I believe that I learned a lot about communication, both verbal and nonverbal. And um, I would say I'm an accepting person, but I didn't even realize some of the things that I may have done that would be off-putting to someone who lacked the ability to hear. Like in the beginning, I was looking at the translator, for instance, when I was talking with the deaf person, but why? Why was I doing that? So I learned, I learned. And uh, they, um, they taught me a lot of things, some signing. And um, I am not a vegetarian or a vegan, but I learned how to eat healthier at Women of the Wild. I learned more yoga styles. And there are always uh, just a, an incredible menu of offerings for personal growth and um, contemplation. And then at the end of the weekend, everyone is invited to a village of offerings. You can bring stuff you just want to give away, stuff that you sell. And 
And um, I've always gotten some really interesting things that way. You are a, a magnet for creative, tolerant, thoughtful people. And I thank you for, for all the light you put into the world. Thank you, Maria. It's so nice just to hear. I love hearing about each person's experience at Women of the Wild, any with Love DC event, but particularly Women of the Wild. It's so precious and so sweet. And I love, I love that space. It, it, it's so meaningful. It's so mind expanding. I mean, the, the event demographic skews younger than I am. I'm 58. I would say, I don't know. What do you think the median age is? 30? Yeah, maybe median age is 30. But the thing I love to share with people is that the, the range of ages goes from, you know, young, you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds up to women in their 70s. That's so true. Um, I think it's really for women of all ages. It's, yeah. it's, it really, I try for it to be, even the presenters to be of different ages, different backgrounds, different races, um, different experiences, different, you know, styles and teachings and offerings. So I really, I think generally it skews a little bit young, but I also just think it's for everyone. It, so is. it is. I keep going back. It makes me feel younger and exposes me to uh, youthful perspectives. Mm -hmm. And in that way, probably improves my relationship with my adult children. And I have, I'm, I'm guessing probably 30 or so friends who I met at Women of the Wild, who I interact with at least online, but usually um, at yoga events or other things if they're local. And I love the people I know from Women of the Wild. It's really, it, it draws really thoughtful, incredible people every year. And there is a core of people who go year after year, but there are always new people that add a different kind of energy. And that's nice as well. Yeah. And I was going to be a presenter last year and before COVID hit, and I'm so disappointed that I have um, a wedding to attend at the same time as this year's event, but I will be there in spirit and I'll be back next year. Cool. Well, I can't wait for that. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> and I would love to hear your answer to this question. What is it that you do, Heather, to become your best version? Yeah, I love that question. I think, I think the answer changes from day to day and from season to season in life. So I don't think there's ever just one thing we do or one thing I do. Um, but I think the thing that's really consistent is just showing up each day and really trying to listen into what it is that I need. What do I need um, as far as support? What do I need to be exploring within myself? What parts of myself are asking for healing and what, what does that healing entail? You know, as, as people on these growth journeys, these healing journeys, it really never ends. They just evolve and we kind of spiral through the same lessons over and over in new ways. Um, and life just presents us lessons in new and exciting and challenging and confronting ways all the time. And so I think being my best self is really checking in all the time with what is it that I need on any given day and then doing my honest best 
to show up for myself. And maybe that means sometimes resting or taking a step back from projects or certain friendships even, or relationships in my life. Maybe it means adding new exciting activities like new movement, trying to find a new outlet for moving my body, maybe a new dance class, you know, whatever it is, um, a new creative project. And just always, always taking stock on, you know, a day, daily basis, sometimes a weekly basis of what is it that I need right now? And then how, how can I meet my own need? Wow, that's, that's a great lesson. I mean, it's progress, not perfection. And all of us are doing the best we can and growing as long as we, I believe, live with intention to grow and keep our minds open to new ways of thinking that I think that we will continue to progress as humans on our own paths. So I so appreciate your taking the time to share with us. And I look forward to seeing your art, your work, your everything. You are just a treasure. And I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. And thank you for everyone listening. And um, yeah, just such a joy to get to share this time with you. So thanks for everything you do. We'll, hear, we'll listen to you and hear from you next week. Bye, all.